Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Casting Crank Podcast. Today we have Ken Bullard. Um, I hope I said that right. Uh, Ken is a DJ for like iHeartRadio. He's a pretty cool dude. And uh, he's a big fisherman too. So uh, I met him at performance. He had a cool story. He's got a cool background. We get a little serious talk about uh, anxiety, which I kind of suffer from really bad you'll hear on this episode. But this is a bonus episode for February. I'm trying to do one bonus episode a month. And this is our bonus episode. Uh, check it out. He's doing a pretty awesome giveaway with a uh, custom wrap seeker rod, a real uh, Shimano Torium, I think. I'm not sure he says in the, in the. Uh, you'll see. I'm going to post it up. Tons of crap. He's going to give away. It's a great, great get if you can get it. And I think it's going to go from Thursday to Thursday. And the winner needs to come get it at Fred Hall, I think, at the performance booth. But, uh. Hope you guys enjoy this one. There's no ads on this one since it's a bonus, bonus, bonus episode. Please come check us out at Performance. I will be there Friday. I'm sorry, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I will be at the UFO Bait uh, event with in my own booth. I think we're gonna do some podcasts with the guys down there. It will be fun. Come hang out, buy shirts. We'll have the new Goonie Wolf shirt, and we'll have a um, Big Gus shirt. The one both these guys. I've been a huge help to the podcast, so please come down, check them out, help support the podcast, give us five stars. You heard my wife yell in the background. <laughs> um, thanks again for listening, and uh, stay tuned for Kicker Fishing. You're There's another guest, <laughs> uh, Ken Bullard, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I met Ken through performance. Uh, Mark introduced me to him. That's right. Uh, great guy. Knows how to pick a sushi spot. <laughs> that was um, a fun time. Uh, he's an interesting dude. He does something kind of different. He, he loves fishing, too. He does it what everyone else does, but he's a DJ. And I thought it'd be pretty cool for him to talk about fishing and talk about being a DJ. I mean, he does some pretty big events, too. What was the one last one you put up on? One, uh, was 102.7? Oh, that no. The last one I put up. Oh, you're talking about... Uh, was it New Year's? Jingle or, Ball. You're talking you, about Jingle you Ball. You DJ Jingle Ball. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I did the opening set for Jingle. They have what it is is they have a, they have like an opening concert. They always call it the Jingle Ball Village. Uh-huh. And so, like for the last nine years or so, that's kind of been like my thing. I'll do some sets for them. Uh huh. At the, I've been with iHeart for almost ten years now. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. That's a that's a like watching that. I'm like, fuck, dude. That's crazy that you do that. You know. <laughs> 
Yeah. I started, most people are kind of blown away. I started like in eighth grade. The first time I ever touched like music and like mixed it was probably like seventh, eighth grade. Uh, turntables and stuff you started playing with? <laughs> I wish I could be that cool and say that, but literally the what it was is I was the entertainment commissioner for the junior <laughs> high. <laughs> And uh, it was my job to set up the PA, yeah. play the music, um, keep the music going throughout all the pep rallies, and edit stuff, and make make sure we could listen to what we wanted to listen to, but it was clean, obviously, to play at a public school. Yeah. And so that's how I got into it. And then in high school, I went to Magnolia High School, and they actually gave me CD players and a mixer. Okay. And that's when it really started to pick up. And then I saved up some money. Of course, you know, the parents helped out a little bit and I actually got some like CDJ type stuff okay. with uh, with a mixer and uh, I started doing house parties. And so throughout high school and just like early last year of high school is when I really started doing house parties and getting really into the mixing part of it, like the culture and then college, everything kind of blew up like in a good way you didn't you didn't go to school for like sound engineering you just kind of were in college and we're doing it and well, back I, and forth i didn't go to school for a sound interview but i do have a marketing degree i got my bachelor's oh, okay. from long all Beach. right great oh so you were doing parties there then too oh yeah well that's what i mean where it blew up like uh yeah. well what it was is so i got into a fraternity when i joined college long beach state i went to cal state long beach yeah uh sigma pi and you know, when you're in, I, I didn't know this at the time, but when you get in a fraternity, like they do like club hosted parties and stuff. Like it's just, a, it's the club scene in college. It's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. And so that's when I invested in some turntables and really got serious about it. And before I knew it, man, like I was opening up for Felly Fell from like Power 106. Dude, I was Steve Aoki before he was Steve Aoki. You like, met him. Yeah, like I, I did like the side room, like the 21 and up room because it was an 18 up. It was uh, Club V2O down in Long no Beach. Way. Well, let's talk about fishing too because people are going to be like, totally. another fucking podcast. Where <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, um, dude, we can talk about fishing. <laughs> I can talk about fishing uh, for hours. So, yeah, the way I was introduced to you was at Performance Tackle. Yeah, um, yeah. Were you, have you been fishing with your dad? Because it seems like your dad was a big influence your whole life. You know, it's, this is going to sound morbid, but. My dad's getting older. He's uh-huh. like having starting to have some, some like physical issues, uh-huh. um, like a knee thing and stuff. And it's it's a tough question because as he gets older, I'm just like I, God, I you know death is a real thing. And when he passes away, I'm dude, gonna, I'm gonna be like super and another super thing, sad. Another thing I'm gonna share with you guys. And I'm a, sorry, <laughs> I have anxiety. I'm, I'm and, exactly, I'm, I'm super so, realistic, dude. So like that's where my mind goes right away. And that's another thing is is uh, I've I. Uh, I took a break, okay? And uh, I took a break from the podcast, and I'm cutting off Ken right now. I know that's bad, Nick, beginning of the year. No, no, I totally but, uh, know where this is going. This is perfect. But I said, hey, man, um, sorry, dude, I'm taking a break from the podcast. I'm not going to do it right now. And Ken's like, oh, all right, no problem. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm going to do it again. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, I don't want to seem like a dickhead. I have, anxi- I have horrible anxiety, and it kicked in really bad, and I'm not in a good place. And he's like, Oh, I just thought you were being a fucking dick, and he's like, <laughs> and we laughed. It was funny. Yeah, but uh, well, I didn't think you were being a dick. I just I thought well, you were you like super like, busy. Yeah, you yeah know? no, no. And I'm like, I'm not, I know I get it because like I I have really bad anxiety. It comes and goes. It's usually when I'm not being healthy. Um, you know, maybe drinking too much or like, and I do that. You guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to you know not go to the gym, but uh, 
you share that with me too. I, I'm a, I take medication like, yeah. And I, uh, God willing, I don't take it anymore. I <laughs> took it for like six months and I got me past some like difficult times in life. And now ever since I met the, the woman I'm with now, my fiance, her name's Victoria. Yeah. Life's just been so fucking amazing. Do you feel like fishing's a therapy for you too? Oh dude. Like, you know how a lot of people, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's very textbook to go, Oh, my wife's getting mad at me because I'm going fishing. Yeah. My girl's like, Get the hell out of the house. Get your mind straight. You're spiraling. Like, go go get your therapy session in. Come back and let's like let's get set yeah. straight again. She loves when I go fishing because whether it's a good day or a bad day of fishing, I just love being on the water. And when I come back, I'm just like, I'm zen again. You know? Did that help you when you like were really anxietyed out? Like, where you're like, I, if I went fishing, it kind of cleared my head. Oh, totally surfing and fishing. Those really? were my okay. Surfing was uh, surfing probably saved my life. Really? Yeah. Did you grow up in uh, Long Beach? or No, I grew up in Anaheim, right okay. here. All right, cool, man. Very close. Look, he even knows how to use the mic. He's pretty good at this, guys. He's done <laughs> oh, before. you know, I just have to pull on him all night. <laughs> Dude, I, I feel like I'll probably play with it a few more times when I DJ. Like, I play with the mic all night long. And I even tell my sound guy, I'm like, don't worry about putting the mic. I'm going to play with it 100 times. It'll yeah. never be in the perfect spot. <laughs> but so you grew up in Anaheim. Uh, did a lot of surfing down in Huntington and stuff? Or? Yeah, like that's where I learned how to surf was next to the Huntington Pier. Oh, wow. It was probably a little over my head sometimes. but uh, Did you start uh, saltwater fishing or freshwater? Or? Uh, so the first, so back to my dad, right? Yeah, yeah. So my dad to, used to take me fishing, uh, back to like how good of friends we are, uh, which I'm very fortunate for. He used to take me fishing in the Sierras. We used to go backpacking in the Sierras when I was a kid and trout fish and rainbows like that was that's what i cut my teeth on fishing like i remember there's a lake up there i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right it's called lake sabrina or some people call it sabrina um we used to camp around that lake we literally hiked around that whole freaking lake no way yeah and but it was the i mean back then fishing wasn't like it is now i wasn't super tactical about it we were throwing cast masters and power bait and i don't even think freaking mice tails were out back then and uh how old were you at this time when you were hiking with your dad? I was probably between, we did it once a year for like four years. So the first time we went out, I was probably between eight and 10. So, I, excuse me. <laughs> rolling rock, that rolling rock will get you, bro. Well, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love rolling rock. My uncle used to be like one of the head marketing guys over there. Oh, no he used to be at all our family parties. <laughs> I love rolling rock too. That's why we're drinking it. <laughs> Yeah, no, so we, we, we did a lot of hiking, a lot of backpacking. Um, I cut my teeth fishing, uh, trout fishing. I'd always want to be, I feel like back then, I always wanted to uh, be a, a bass fisherman. But back then, I don't know, for me, it didn't seem like there was any bass fishing scene in California. Like, you watch the guys on ESPN, you know, the classic, the Bassmasters, all that stuff. They were all fishing, like, Kentucky, Texas. Like, yeah. nobody really fished. Cal- I know there was a scene because I've I found that now. Like, there's yeah. a history, yeah. there's a scene to it. But back then, like, I never realized that. And to me, it was always, they were in, like, a distant land bass fishing and just wasn't a California thing. But I know for other people, it was totally different. Yeah. Did you have local, like, a local pond you fish or anything like that? Well, so then went back, went trout fishing with my dad, cut my teeth that. And of course, you know, ESPN, you're watching all the bass match. I want to go bass fishing. It looks so much more fun than trout fishing. I mean, trout fishing, we did cast masters and stuff. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Like when we hiked around the lake that one time, it was like wide open. It was like an awesome time. But you no, know, so <clears throat> sorry. My grandmother had a condo up in Santa Margarita. Oh, 
Oh fuck! And you know, yeah. we still go fish the lakes up there sometimes. Though, we Those maybe. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to say what names. Uh, that we'll get into that. Yeah, That's Jesse yeah. and Josh. We still do that. Yeah. The, those are my dudes that we hike around those. So I started up, there was a, there's a lake over there off of like a, like How a strip. We call, we call it Boy Scout Lake. <laughs> Is that what you want to call it? Um, no, this one's fine. Cause Is that it, the Boy Scout Lake you're talking about? <laughs> or not? No, 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 okay. no, no, not the Boy Scout Lake. No, this lake that I went, so I cut my teeth bass fishing. I literally, it was weird. It was a very addictive thing. My grandmother had the apartment. It was right next to like an apartment mall. And there was a park lake. They stocked trout. Like yeah. it was very much like Clark Park over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I caught I caught trout. And then I saw some guys catching bass one day. I was like, guys, catch fucking bass? <laughs> like, Shit. I'm like, I thought, at this point, I'm yeah. like, that's an ESPN thing. I thought yeah. I had to go to Kentucky to do that. Yeah. You know? Or Northern California. Um, so... <laughs> I went, of course, and back then there was no really social media for me. So, like, the Frenzy Lures. I don't know if you remember those. The Berkeley Frenzy. Like, I've heard cr- of them. I, I'd like, <laughs> I didn't start fishing until I was 29, and I'm 39 right now, okay, so I'm not okay. that deep. So, Berkeley Frenzy Lures, they're just like, they're basically like a crankbait, right? But back then they were like the crankbait. Mm-hmm. And so, my grandmother, being the amazing grandmother, she played a huge role in my fishing. She'd drive me up to this lake that was like two blocks that we've been talking about. And so, she bought me this lure that I wanted. It's like a $20 Back then, twenty dollars was a lot of money, dude. That's that's like buying a nice swim bait right now. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. And so she bought me this lure, and I she bought me two of them. I threw it, and I threw it, and and at this point, like I said, there was there was no any way to really research things back then. I just knew that this is what the guys were catching them on TV was. I knew what setup I needed. Like I had a an old like I think uh, Shakespeare like combo that I bought out of the bass pro catalog yeah yeah. back when people used to order things out of the bass pro catalog and um so i just cast a cast and and looking back i was i was throwing a deep diving crankbait in like five feet of water (laughs) just hitting the ground the whole fucking (laughs) just grinding it but lucky for me there's this it's a park lake so it's basically just dirt yeah hook up on my first bass dude like i don't know how it happened looking back now because i was totally fishing tactically not (laughs) right at all and then Sure enough, I went back to the next day. I went back the next day, same spot, made the same cast. I think I caught the same fish. Damn. And then so, but up until then, I'd been fishing this lake for months, <laughs> like, you know, for bass. But the, And the, what age are you at this time? Probably, probably like 12, 13. Okay. Yeah. So that that's what started bass fishing for me. And to this day, like... It's funny when I pick up a crankbait because of how much time I spent with the crankbait. I mean, I probably spent like in a summer, like as soon as school was over, I literally like spend the summer at my grandmother's in Santa Margarita because I wanted to go fish this lake. And then we'd ride like back then razors and skateboards yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. There was a giant hill. We'd come down to the lake and we'd like all run, but everybody else was riding skateboards and scooters. I'm at the lake, like fishing. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is what I like to do. Like, what do you want from me? Um, <laughs> was your uh, dad fishing too or no? Well, with you at that time or not really? At that time, no. It was just kind of like, like I said, it was just me and my grandmother. Like, we was your just, deal? That's what you're doing at that the time. When I needed to get away, like, yeah. I kind of always had anxiety my whole life. I just didn't know what it was until yeah. it became a serious problem in my older years. I'm not older, but like mid twenties is when yeah. it really fucking kicked into high gear. And I didn't know it then, but fishing was my thing. That like, it makes sense now. But fishing yeah. was my getaway. It was it was how I got away from it all. 
Yeah. And so, I could just go stand on the lake and throw that lure for fucking five hours right? and not catch a damn thing. And if I caught one out of the three days I went fishing <laughs> for the week I was out there at my grandmother's, I was stoked. Yeah. And the bass at that time, they were like three pound bass. I, w- I remember like taking pictures on the flip phone. So my dad, my dad's like, that's a huge fish. <laughs> He's shocked. He's like, you got that out of the fucking lake, right? Totally. <laughs> um, so we kind of know, you know, you, you went into middle school, you got into the DJing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then you go into college, you you kind of get uh, a bigger gig doing bigger house parties. What happened? No, you're fishing this whole time. I'm fishing on and off with my dad. I remember uh, probably like when I was 13 to 14, there was, I don't know if ever, anybody remembers. So if I'm thir- if I was 13, let's see, I'm 32 now. It's probably like 15 plus years ago. So I would say about 15, there was just a huge barracuda like outbreak, I guess I'll call it. And I just remember like I would go on these trips and just fill sacks of giant barracudas like close to six. Back then I was young. So they felt like they're six foot like now. Like four footers. I, yeah, like, yeah. They were logs, dude. And I, it was so much fun. Did you eat them? No. <laughs> I, I gave heard, them away and yeah. everybody likes to eat them, but I give them away. So are they, have you ate them before? No. But okay. I hear people like them, but I touch them and I just, uh, <laughs> slimy, bro. dude, like, if, like uh, the worst thing right now, cause we'll talk, probably talk about this, yeah. but my new boat, when we go out fishing and yeah. you like fish the r- local rigs and you catch, um, barracuda, like once I touch them, I feel like for the rest of the night, I can't get the crap out of my hands, dude. <laughs> the slime. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So, um, you're still fishing a little bit and then you move on to your, uh, your job. Well, mm-hmm. How did you get your gig like move up into the position? So uh, what? Well, what, what? The what really opened my eyes and made it seem lucrative DJing was college. I was I I had more money than I used to have, and I literally was working like I I was a lifeguard for a long time up until my first like two years of college, and then I kind of stopped doing it. But I stopped being a lifeguard because I got my kiss FM internship, but that was at the end of college. So this is kind of confusing. Let me get my, which uh, is a big bit. internship. Yeah. It's a huge internship. <laughs> um, especially at that time. I mean, I was 20, you know? 20. And so that was in 2000. Dude, I'm hor- when people are like, what, when did you graduate from high school? I'm like, I don't know. You're 32. I graduated 98. You graduated 2004. So you're, Thinking 2008, maybe? You got the internship, 2007? No, I want to say 2010, I think, 10, would be okay. closer. Yeah. Which is a Cause big I got deal. Because I got it in my third year of college, my junior year. Okay. So, yeah. But, um, so, remind me of the question you asked me. Uh, when did it become serious to you? When did it become serious? Yeah. Um, so, when I first started doing house parties, like, at, towards the end of high school, into college, I was starting to make some money doing it. And then... Um, then I got really into the culture scene when I got into college and uh, I started, there was these DJs that I looked up to. Cause now I'm looking at DJs and it's not like a, it's not a sex, drugs, rock and roll type of thing to me. It was, wow, this culture. I love the way, what these guys are doing, how they're manipulating music, how they're putting it together. Like DJ AM was a huge influence. Like uh, the deck stars. Um, uh, what is it? Scam, scam artists. They were a huge influence back then when it was like before, before Calvin Harris, before all this, like those guys were it, like, and they were who I looked up to. So, like, what they were doing is what I wanted to do, and, I, and by by what they're doing, I mean is like their style, like mm-hmm. the way they're putting things together. You know, the their mashups. They were just like to this day when I get 
uninspired, I'll go listen to like a DJ AM Power 106 mix and it'll just like re-inspire me. Just the way he did things and what he did. And so in college... DJ AM, did he... uh, He passed away in that uh, plane act? No, see, that's funny. Okay, so... No, he got burnt or... Yeah, he got burnt really bad and then he passed away from a drug overdose. So DJ AM, uh, I have a mutual friend that... So it was DJ AM, Travis Barker, and another friend of mine... um, not a friend, acquaintance. We, me and Nick, the guy that owns the studio, was in the plane with them and died. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, Che. He hung out with them. Yeah, that's. And I heard about that. I'm like, oh fuck, that's crazy, dude. dude when it happened, when I found out AM passed away, I was fucking in tears. That was a big uh, ins- inspiration it, it, to you. Oh, did you meet him? Huge. You know, that's the thing. That's what's. Uh, it's kind of a really weird. Thing uh, I forget what it was at the time. It, I think it was either Banana Splits or, or Banana Split or LAX that he had going on at the time. It was it was back before you know DJs were a Calvin Harris and they had like their own residencies and everybody would go. To, I remember my dad set up. I think it was for my twenty first or my twenty second birthday. He set up like um, the VIP booth, like all that for me to go watch AM and do his Dude, thing because he knew sick. how like. You know how much you loved him. You e- loved him. exactly a big influence, huge. And uh, I had a final, and he surprised me. I'm like, Dad, I can't go. I have a final on Monday. Like, there's just no way I can go. Like, have a final, and by final, do you know, a final exam? Did yeah, you? yeah, okay. yeah. So didn't go, and then like two weeks later, he passed, and I never got to go. Fuck. I never got to meet him. <laughs> I never got. To, but it's so funny because the people I surround myself with now, they are people who are pretty close to him, and. Yeah. I get pieces of him through them. It's it's, it's really awesome. It's, Which, it's yeah, weird I how mean, we gravitate towards each other. Right? Be, be a, but you love a style of something. You're always going to gravitate towards that, you know? Yeah. Which is really cool. And, well, I think it's always funny how, like, creative people, like, he, to this day, you ask a lot of DJs, like, he was the guy, he was the first DJ who ever signed a six-figure contract. That's wild. He dude. set the He set the tone for, like, real money to be made with DJing, you know? So did you uh, after that uh, high school? You finished your degree. You had marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the internship. The internships was really um, internship really kicked it off for me. Uh, I got my internship at Kiss. Uh, I was with Kiss uh, for four months interning. Well, it was actually a marketing thing, and uh, it was a marketing internship. It wasn't a radio DJ internship. But marketing and promotions and, D- and the DJs, they work really close together. And one night, um, I just, a, a DJ fell through for, I think at the time it was like the executive producer of, of Friday Night Party or the JoJo on the radio show. Mm-hmm. And uh, they needed a DJ. And my supervisor, my intern supervisor, she, her name's Angel. She's, she's opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah. Um, she she knew that that's what I did. Like when I wasn't at the office interning, or if I had to leave early, just because I had to go to a DJ gig to pay for college. And uh, so she put my name, and I went and DJed that party. And then like every all the right people were at that party, and oh, then they shit. all knew I I DJed. And then they offered me the part time promotions starting out thing. And uh, as soon as I came on, it was like, hey, can you DJ this event? Hey, can you DJ this event? Can you DJ that? And that's what started opening doors. And then I started shaking hands with people who had amazing budgets for like DJs and parties. And I mean, it, it's literally evolved into me being able to like DJ for Warner brothers where I'm DJing for like some of the biggest celebrities in my, in the world. And it's just, you'll go to like actual celebrity houses. Like, 
not celebrity houses. I'll They're do events. Yes. Okay. I have been to a few celebrity houses. Obviously, I can't. Yeah. Because of certain reason, I can't say who they are. Can you say like <laughs> Schmad Schmidt? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, you can't say their name like that. <laughs> yeah. No, because a lot of this stuff, like even <laughs> even when I DJ for like some a lot of these media companies that have these parties with these celebrities. Yeah. Um, they make you say and and non disclosure. There you go. Yeah, an NDA. Right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so yeah, I would love to tell you, but uh, because it's such a public forum. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm gonna I get keep it. it to myself. I get it. But yeah, so I'm DJing for. Stuff now that I, it was always the dream. I never thought it was going to happen, but it's happening, you know, and it's just crazy. Um, this one I can tell you because it, it wasn't personal to him or anything. Mm-hmm. So like one night I'm DJing the Ready Player One. That was a big movie that came out like a oh, year ago. Oh, I watch it over and over oh, with my I, kids. I love that movie. Do you, are you like a nerd? Like the Gundam thing? When uh, the Gundam comes out at the end? It's <laughs> my kids. Crazy. My kids love that. Oh. I, I'm not a nerd, but I learn all this from my, ki- my You're kids. You're a fishing nerd. <laughs> well, well, I'm a fishing nerd, but my sons love that fucking movie. So oh. I watch it all the time. I'm the same way, dude. Yeah. Like I, I, I've probably watched that movie... I don't know how many times since it came out. Yeah. So I'm doing the after party and it's crazy because if you watch the thing, there's a floating dance floor in the game because it's a virtual reality type movie. And so I'm in this party, a dirt lot. They've put like a circus tent on it. Now they have people floating in the corners, like dancing because they're trying to recreate the floating dance floor from the movie. And I'm just like sitting at the DJ and I'm doing an 80 set because the movie is very 80s based. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn, I know Vince Vaughn's on my right. We literally just sat there all night. He was so into the 80 set. We just sat there and like drank. And I mean, I'm not a super heavy drinker, but we were, we were having a good time and we we're just shooting the shit. Like whoever thought that cool, was going to yeah. happen as a DJ, you know, but you kept your composure. Huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you dork out more on fishing dudes, huh? Dude, it, it, like back then, like not to toot my own horn, but. Uh, fortunately for I've been blessed enough because of the 10 years I've been with iHeart the way they train us as employees is we have to treat these celebrities like they're normal everyday people mm-hmm. we can't be like super fan running down the oh my god you know it's just yeah. a or, you know, <laughs> no we like in the early days you'd get let go for that kind of stuff yeah nowadays right. they like it a little bit more because of social media and everything and which is cool but um, that, that so that's how I am, yeah. Because that's I, that's how I was trained. But like you said, like if AM were to walk in the door, I mean he's dead now, so that would be crazy. But back then, if AM were to walk in the door, I would fanboy out way more than if some other giant movie star walked in the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember the first time I met Oliver from Big Bash Dreams. That was like <laughs> three or four years ago at Save on Tackle. I was sitting in traffic to go to the radio station, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Oliver. Like at that point, like, where you saw him at Save on Tackle, yeah. oh, super cool, dude. Like I yeah. was like, dude, I'm a fan. Let's take a picture. You know, I did the whole fan boy out thing. Yeah, was, and I we haven't become friends friends now. But like the other day, he was at Performance Tackle, and I had the boat in the back. He was checking it out. We're shooting the shit. Like that's to me that I fan boy over that stuff way yeah. more. That's cool, man. Yeah, like I, I'm in my head. I'm like, uh, like <laughs> I'm like all nervous and stuff. It's funny. So you uh you took your marketing degree and you kind of have you used it at all? I mean, do you uh, do anything with marketing? Well, yeah. I mean, the, I've, I've basically uh, I've built my brand, and 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 you know the marketing degree gave me all the tools and the theories and you know the biggest thing about marketing I feel like I've learned over the years it's having an open mind. What you think is going to work may not be what the statistics say is going to work. And what the statistics say is going to work may not work. And what you think is going to work may not work. So you have to have an open mind to just go with what's working. Because, you know, 
it's just like in a tackle store. Like we need this in cause it's going to sell and then you get it in and it doesn't sell. Like you have to listen, you have to have an open mind. So what is selling? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, I, I'm God, I feel like the last two podcasts have been business oh, then let's, <laughs> because let's talk about fishing, no, 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 dude. no. I like it though, because it's like, hey, people might want to hear this. There's a plenty of dudes that are starting, you know, companies or bait companies or, or clothing companies that it would benefit. So like to hear something like you say something like that. And I feel like you've done a good job with the green room. I, when I think of the green room, I see you, you know? Yeah, no. And <clears throat> I feel like you've built it pretty good. So, well, well, the really cool thing is like with the green room, and like the West Coast tuna thing, that that's like my side thing. Yeah. Um. That I. That's like it's like my passion project. Mm-hmm. People don't understand. Like I have this marketing degree, right? I I know everybody kind of knows me as the DJ, but I have this marketing degree. And for the last ten years, not only have I been a DJ, but I've been working with like, don't quote me on this. I believe they are a Fortune five hundred company. Mm-hmm. That that's what they do. They're iHeart Media. That's I've so I've seen like things actually work real world and not work. So there's a lot of things I can look at and be like, you know, this may not work because of this. And a lot of people don't want to hear no. Do you know a lot of people at iHeartRadio? Yeah. Do you know, I have a friend that works there? Oh, who? A friend of a friend. Let's see. I, uh, dude, there's so many people. Ray, he does the podcasting. Last name. <sighs> I played in bands with him. Uh, Ray, uh, he worked for Midroll. You know what's funny is I'm actually, I'm not DJing, but sometimes I work for production stuff for them. I'm doing the podcast awards next week on Friday. Well, I guess I'll see you there. <laughs> are you going to be there? <laughs> Fuck no, I'm not going to be here. You think I'm fucking invited? I don't even fucking get yeah. paid for this bitch. You'll get there one day, dude. Come on, dude. Look at your following. They love you. No, I'm just fucking. <laughs> no. No, I mean. I just uh, put that uh, together, Harkin, though. Ray Harkin. Ray Harkin. Keep an ear out. Okay. Because if you see, he just got Can a I job there. Can I ask you what he looks like? I know that's kind of hard for nowadays. White, for, skinny dude. How about that? How tall is Okay. White, skinny uh, dude, Ray Harkin. Is he California-based or is he a California different market? Based. Okay. Yes. Uh, Ray Harkin, he worked at Midroll. Uh, he's worked, he did uh, podcast ads previously, I think. Dude, so why aren't you on the iHeartRadio app if you got that? I am. Name? Oh, you are? I didn't know I was. I just put, <laughs> I don't know who the fuck put me on there, but. If you look at the iHeartRadio, like I, I Googled it, like to see if I was on it. Yeah. And it says, you're on iHeartRadio. I'm like, oh, fuck. Dude, well, that's cool, man. That means yeah. anybody with the phone can listen to your yeah. thing for free. And I think now we're the number one podcast. Really? Fuck, Hold on. Man. Let me read the. Let me read Statistics. The, the, no, no, no. The <laughs> language that I'm supposed to use. No, I'm not joking. Hold I on. I don't know use podcast language anyway, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> oh, man. Hold Here on. he comes with his technology. Sorry. If I can even find it. <laughs> Let's see. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Oh, man, where is it? Come on, you can be quick with this, Cam. What the fuck, to be, man? Okay, here it is. Uh, reaching 9 out of 10 Americans every month. Radio, podcast, digital, social, influencers, data, and events. That's great. 9 out of 10. That's yeah. why I had to say the language right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, right in case they listen. Yeah. Well, now that you're on the iHeart podcast, somebody's right. definitely listening. <laughs> Do people monitor that shit on all the podcasts? And um, I'm sure they skim through. I don't know, but I, I, with the, with the crazy thing with the podcast is like, I don't know if I should say this. Um, it's like unedited radio. Like it's 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 whatever anybody wants, and it's in a radio format. I would and say there's right? no demographics. No, no one can just go. Let me see what you have. I mean, there's no, like, good way to find a demographic. There's no way yet. So, like, even I don't know. I I, I could see plays, but, I mean, in my head I go, maybe some fucker played it, like, ten times. I don't fucking know. You know, like, yeah. and they look good. The numbers look great. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that many people. But in my head I'm going, it says plays. I know I've listened to the same podcast, like, four times before. I'm like, fuck this. It's like the Wild West of radio. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And it's weird. And... You know, even me just trying to go, okay, I'd like to do some ads for the podcast. Well, I can't show you a demographic because I don't know the fucking true numbers. Well, if you want to do podcast ads with iHeart, I, I know the people to talk to. I'd love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you got that plug now. Yeah, dude, I could at least put you in the right and Welcome the to the Gas and Crank Podcast. We're sponsored by iHeart Radio. Huh? <laughs> you know what was crazy? I was listening to the radio probably about two months ago. They were talking about like uh, fishing for kids or something. It was an iHeart station. and there oh, was, no way. It was like uh, some kind of tournament that benefited kids up in Big Bear. Really? A trout fishing tournament. I was like, fishing is that mainstream? <laughs> now it's on freaking... Uh, that, the only person I know that does that is that Guppies Fishing. They're out of, I think, uh, sh- I think they're out of LA. He does stuff for kids. It's really cool. He does like a, a trip for kids once a month. Really cool guy. Uh, but that's the only thing I've heard of, but that's crazy. But that's, so. I think that's a good transition back into fishing, right? It's like right? fishing's <laughs> becoming so mainstream. So let's talk about you. So you kind of work... You work at the green room, mm-hmm. so, like no, no, couple- no, no, no. I I wouldn't say I work at the green room. I'm there as a consultant. That's probably okay. the best way to say it. So, and then you also I see you at performance a lot. Yes. So you like to wrap rods. I do love that's <laughs> other than fishing. That's the other thing that centers me. Like wrap because uh, uh, you probably know this with anxiety. It's it's the reason you have anxiety is because you're not present, mm-hmm. like with what's going on in front of you at this moment. Yeah. When you're wrapping a rod. I mean, I know Tommy's their head rad rap, rod wrapper over there, right? <laughs> he pumps them out like they're freaking crazy. Amazing. I've only been doing Tommy's it. fucking Tommy's the, the man, dude. dude. Like yeah. I, we, we're gonna come back to Tommy. <laughs> um, so, like when I wrap a rod, the only thing I'm thinking about is that thread going perfectly straight where it needs to go. And it's so like I'll get I'll spend like three hours rad, rod, wrapping a rod. And I'll just feel normal again. Yeah. I won't be worried about the bills that need to be paid or is this gig going to go through with that? I mean, because essentially we work for ourselves. So I, I worry a lot about contracts and gigs and stuff being set out far enough in advance, knowing that we're going to get a paycheck for the next yeah. year, you know? Yeah. Um, luckily, my girl, she's amazing, super successful. She has her own business. So That's I don't worry great. about it too much anymore because she's just, her business is just, my business is doing well, but her business is just Boom, ridiculously you know. thriving. That's great. Yeah, dude, I I do the same thing. I worry about death. 
You know, you'd think I'm a fat fuck and be like, if you're worried about death, why are you a fat ass? You guys still know. enjoy life, hey, right? Because I like drinking beer and eating burritos. Oh, yeah. Food <laughs> makes you happy. <laughs> when I'm drunk, I don't think about the anxiety. <laughs> you know, you know, seriously, though, but like that's, I had bad health anxiety. Like, I think I'm going to die all the time. I go to bed. Like, if I have a little pain, I went to the doctors like 80 times, got blood work done like 80 times, and like, well, all I can tell you is you're fat. All right, cool. Thanks. I know that. Well, it's funny you said that. It's because, like, like I said, I feel like now looking back, I've kind of always had a little anxiety through my yeah. whole life. But, like, when it hit to the point where I became, like, incapacitated, like, dude, I would wake up in the morning and I'd be sick to my stomach and I felt like I had the flu and I would literally get sick until, like, 2 o'clock and then I'd be okay for, like, the last three hours of the day and then I'd wake up and the same thing would happen. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I did the same fucking thing. I woke up every day feeling like I had a fever. And I went to the doctors like you're fine. And I'm right? like, there's the something fir- fucking wrong. Well, imagine uh, you probably know this. Like the first time you had anxiety like that, that incapacitated you. You didn't know what the fuck was going on, dude. You're like, do I have AIDS? Do I have cancer? Like, what the fuck dude, is going on? Do what I- do you think happened? I fucking pull up fucking WebMD. Oh, that's the worst. My wife goes, if you don't fucking stop, I'm gonna throw your phone away. That's what my girl does. She's yeah, like, as soon as something yeah. starts happening to me and I want to Google it, she's like, no, because they're just gonna give you reasons upon reasons upon reasons of why it's the worst case scenario. Dude, I and woke you're up just gonna like spin out, out of, of control. Dude, I woke up out of my sleep. This was like eight years ago. Woke up, I was like, <sighs> started breathing hard. I'm like, oh my god, something's wrong. And I get up, jump up, everything starts going black in the out of my sleep. And I tell my wife, I'm fucking having a heart attack. Fuck. And I'm fucking ready to pass out. Oh, and she's dude. everyone's flipping out. I go to the hospital, like, you're fine. You just had anxiety attack. I'm like, fuck. Well, well, okay, I don't know if this is it for you too. How long have you had anxiety? Like, how long have it's you been? It's been about, no- I'm going to say about eight years, seven so, years. W- uh-huh. I feel like it, you probably know this. Like, in the past, before that hits you, like, before you had this incapacitating anxiety, like, you, other people would say, I have anxiety. And you'd be like, like, but then once it hit you, you're like, oh my God. No, I, I still do that to people, but because. Crappy person my you, whole life. You no, know, but if someone fucking comes up and talks to you, yeah. and they go, oh, I got anxiety too. Yeah, I do that. No, 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 no. I fucking don't like it. I'm scared of it. Like when someone goes, yeah, oh yeah, I got to do whatever. No, it fucks me up. Yeah. So like when I told you and you're like, oh fuck, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, you get it. You get it. Some people go, yeah, I got anxiety too. I, I take whatever. I go to the therapist. No, no, I don't believe you. No, I still no. don't. But when the person goes, when they fucking go deep and tell you about their whole life, I know they're fucked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, true. Because, you know, like it makes you feel better when you have anxiety, when you tell everyone. You, I feel like it makes me feel better to go, oh, I'm fucked up. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. Per, 100%. The, yeah. the best thing I ever did for my anxiety was start talking to other people that had anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like every time you talk to somebody about anxiety and we have this relationship like you yeah, and I did, yeah. right? You're like giving a piece of that anxiety away. Yeah. You know, exactly. Not to them, yeah, but yes. you're just like letting it go. Yes, yes, yes. And I think it, that, and I feel like that's almost better than, ther- that's why I feel like therapy is probably the best thing. I never did therapy. Nah, I haven't either. But I feel like that would be, other than like, if I going, looking back, like before I took the medication, probably go spend some couch time with somebody or something like that, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, I just, because did. talking to people about it did way more than yeah. any of the other stuff. And uh, I know it could be like, uh, we had Dixie Wreck Fishing. And uh, a guy from there, we talked about it on his podcast, and he, and he does uh, Veterans on the Water, like a trip. And he just talks about fishing and like dealing with it, and I thought it was pretty cool. That's something he does really cool for veterans. Oh, I could totally see why that's super important for them. And yeah, that's a, just another cool little outlet like for uh, veterans to go to if you ever think about it. 
But uh, so you're at the uh, the green room. You're into rod wrapping. Are you? How long have you been wrapping rods for? About two years. Two years. About two years. I started wrapping my own rod. <laughs> I started on upside down wood horse with like a V's <laughs> cut, like a sawhorse. You know, a yeah, sawhorse. Yeah, yeah. And then I cut V's in the little feet so it could hold the rod across. And then I put uh, like two L brackets from like shelves, <laughs> and then a screw in the middle with springs on each side so I could line tension. And the, so the first year I spent wrapping my rods on that. <laughs> And then it, it took forever to do it on that thing. Do you wrap all your own rods? Like all your rods are custom? Uh, all my rods, except for uh, most of my bass rods are factory rods. I don't know. For some reason. Your green bass rods. Yeah, my green okay. bass rods. Like I like, there's certain stuff I like factory rods for. Who, who do you use? Who do you use? Uh, let's see. I use Phoenix a lot. Mm-hmm. I like the Phoenix Recon series is slowly becoming my favorite series. Do you use their planks? Uh, yes, I have. I've I've built some rods uh, for Mazatlan when I went fishing with Tara last year. Okay. I built some like frog rods and like jig rods and stuff. Mazatlan, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing down there, dude? Catching one hundred and fifty green bass a day, dude. How <laughs> it is awesome epic. Was it? If anybody has the opportunity to go down there, the budget, go do it. Like I went down there, I went fishing for five days. We caught one hundred and fifty bass a day between the two of us. I would say some days. Who did you go with? Tara from the the captain of the Liberty. Oh, okay. He took me down there. He's been down there numerous times. And he yeah. took me down there. He showed me the ropes, how to get your rods down there. It was super easy. Fuck. Dude. But so if you have, if someone has the opportunity. What, is that, what does that cost if you don't want uh, to Let's see. For what we did, I think with a flight, rods, everything, like getting down there, I think it was like 2500 bucks with tip That's and everything. That's not bad at all, dude. No. For yeah. a week, dude. And they take care of your meals. Like, and it's, it's, I know people don't think of fishing as a vacation sometimes because you have to wake up early. Yeah. Like literally, dude, you. You go fishing for like six hours. You come back to the dock. There's an amazing meal ready for you. You go back out fishing. You fish as much as you want to. In the morning when they wake you up, they bring you coffee. Like to, it, it, you know, it's a different culture. So it's, they like actually walk in the room, open the door. They set coffee and orange juice down yeah. on the nightstands. Yeah. They don't just knock at the door and leave it there, you know? Fuck, they come in and make sure dude. you're awake and yeah. like, hey, are you ready? And, you ready to go fishing? Yeah. And then it's like if back. your wife was nice, our girlfriend, hold on. <laughs> No, it's okay. No, it's uh, it's it's really. Cool. And I'll cut. Don't worry about. It. I'll cut. This yeah. is all gonna get cut up. So oh, one hundred percent. I bet you're gonna probably cut it so it like makes more sense as we talk about it because we like keep going like here and there. No, no, no. I leave it because everyone needs. Both of us have anxiety, so we're fucking crazy. So it's like, hey, hey, hey. You know, like you know what I'm saying? It's like, like, yeah, it's you like, get ADD sometimes. Yep. I get that too. So, <laughs> which has been something hard for me to control at the podcast because, like, I just want to talk, 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 talk. You know, like, oh, and I got to stop. I, I feel like I could do this for eight hours with you. And <laughs> like, no, no joke. Like, when I had my internship, my uh, supervisor, Angel, we would have life discussions about, you know, what do you really want to do? That's how yeah. we got into the DJ and stuff. Yeah. And we would literally go to dinner at like seven o'clock after work. And we'd have these life conversations and they would literally go on until 11 o'clock. Like we Fuck. would shut the place down. Yeah, like they would yeah. tell us to get the hell out because we'd been sitting there at the <laughs> Korean barbecue table for hours That's freaking so talking. That's it's so delicious. <laughs> Especially because I'm on a no carb diet right now. It's amazing. <laughs> um, let's talk about the giveaway you uh, set up, dude. Ooh, so yeah. talk about some of the stuff you Hold uh, on. Let me got. get my list because... Uh, Whoever wins this giveaway, I'm very jealous of. Let's put it that way. Dude, I was like, I want to fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many people who have texted me. And they're like, bro, 
Like, I want to win. I'm like, can I enter, dude? Yeah, exactly, huh? You fucking asshole. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, my dad just texted me. He didn't get anything in his tournament today, but his boater won, and I guess it was a really tough tournament. Did he fish SBS? No, he fished the Orange County Bass Club oh, tournament. Oh, I saw at, that. Yeah, at, yeah. Um, Canyon Lake? No. El Cap. El Cap, okay. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, he's he's gotten pretty, like, ever since bass fishing clicked for me, we've both gotten really into it. Let's see. All right. So here is what we have in the giveaway. AFCO is setting you up with a little swag bag. Uh, they're going to do fluorocarbon, and I believe they're even setting you up with a knife. Daiwa did uh, like a trout fishing reel. Hold on, the knife's going to be gone because I'm taking it because I need one. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking no, I know, I know, I know. Um, well, let's see. Daiwa, the little reel, they did like a trout fishing reel. Cool. I think it's a Revo, so I'm not sure what it's called. Yeah. Um, Costa. Oh, we got to talk about Costa because oh, they hooked you up. Yeah, they gave me some sick glasses too. Did you get them? Yeah. Well, no, I have them in the bag right there. Yeah, right. I, I love they were them. exactly what yep, you wanted, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. So Costa is doing their new Diego frame, which is 100% made for West Coast fishing. For doing Diego. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when I saw it. That's what I thought. But as far as like, is he, what, does he fish for him? Yeah, he's so he, it's a Diego. It's fucking a no. Dwayne. It's for San Diego. Oh, okay, all right. All and right. I think that well, D- Dwayne Diego, we both know is like his <laughs> stage name, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, what is it, Mel? Mel? Miller. Miller. Yeah, okay. Dwayne Miller. But uh, yeah, so the Diego's like they're amazing. They're vented and everything. I feel like that was a problem with a lot of other glasses that I use for fishing. They would get like really foggy in the morning, and almost to the point where you have to take them off yeah. and drive with. Salty crew, they're hooking us up with shirts and stuff. Green Room just hooked us up with freaking yeah, dude, a ton of stuff. They got all their swag. They actually paid for the rod blank and the rod components. Oh, fuck that I yeah! Did. So we'll tag them too. We'll probably involve them in the uh, giveaway because I feel like that's a that's a big deal. To, yeah, to, totally. Yeah, Performance Tackle. They supplied uh, they supplied um, not resin, all the epoxy, uh, everything basically to assemble the rod. Yeah. Rod time. Um, Little shout out to Liberty Sports Fishing. My sports fishing career, or I don't <laughs> want to call it a career, uh, not even legacy. My f- time sports fishing, like all those guys are major players in like my skill sets as a fisherman. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. So we did, oh, we did Seeker. Oh, Shimano. No, you didn't say anything about Seeker yet. Oh, I didn't say, oh, well, no. they, they hooked us up. I know that. We, Green Room paid for it, but Seeker hooked them up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then Shimano, they gave us a torium to complete the fuck, dude, the jig stick type deal. You know, <laughs> that's all. I mean, how can you dude, have, seriously? It's probably a, it's it's got to be at least a grand and shit. Oh man, the rod in the real loaner is yeah. almost a grand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's then, a it's a good deal. The Costa sunglasses, I think they set us up. They did the glass lenses like, too. Those are like three hundred dollars sunglasses. Like two hundred fifty at least. Yeah, three hundred. Dude, you guys are gonna get fifteen hundred bucks and shit for sure. You know? <laughs> well, like, the way I looked at it, within the Afco stuff, the way I looked at it is basically whoever won this, I wanted them to be set to go like overnight fishing or like three quarter day fishing with jigs yeah you know like yeah. a jig stick a rod a yeah. reel all the apparel you need sunglasses yeah like i'm really hoping it goes to like a teenager who just doesn't have the money or maybe like a starving college kid that loves fishing and just or even like somebody who doesn't have 
the funds to even get something yeah, I mean, like that. Yeah. Exactly, because this is something. This if I had this in my collection, which I think I do, I think I built one for myself a while back. <laughs> <laughs> like this would be like the Excalibur in my collection. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because the other thing is the rod you can't even purchase. I I took the raw blank and I cut it down to what I like. And it's actually longer than what you, you can't buy it from the factory like that. Yeah. You can't buy it from the store like that. And I built it to my. Yeah. Well, that's fucking a sick ass giveaway, dude, for sure. Yeah. I wanted to. Well, that's the whole reason I started West Coast Tuna as a DJ, you know? Yeah. The, it was just basically, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of saltiness that goes on in the fishing community. Right. <clears throat> and so the reason I started the West Coast Tuna thing is it was like a community thing. Like I just, I get jazzed about hearing about people's story. Like their fishing stories. Like when my buddies go fishing, it's not like, oh, I didn't go. You know, like it's not like I felt like I missed out. I was like, call me, tell me. I want to hear yeah. how, what happened. What fish did you catch? Yeah. What was the fight like? Did you lose it at the boat? Like, I want to hear all that. Like that. And so it was all about really building community. I feel like uh, there's some like negative shade thrown out there for all these guys who are like on social media. Like, I'm a fisherman. I don't think that's what they're trying to do. Like I, or look at what I caught. I don't think that's what people are trying to do. I think we're just trying to make a community. I mean, Southern California could be an epicenter of sports fishing. It kind of already is, but like the people think about Florida as like a big epicenter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no reason Southern California can't be that. And like, that's, what's really cool is like, that's why I like working with the green room and performance. You know, you would think they compete being kind of close to each other. But they, they really I don't think do. any of them really do because you kind of get to pick who you want to. Yeah, they all have their dialed yeah, in customers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that, that, and that's what's really cool working with them. Like, there's so much about community and like being a part of the actual fishing community. Like, it's just all love. Yeah, that's a great message too. Like to just uh, even people that are just doing an Instagram channel. It's like, do what you do, man. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I get it. I, there's probably some people out there with alternative motives, ulterior motives, yeah. right? You know, but I feel like for me, it's not about look at what I caught. It's like, it's more about posting to support the brands that support me. I hate to say this. It's sharing the stoke. That's but exactly what it but is. It's, That's I so don't good. like using that because I feel like it's such a cheesy thing. It's like, no, but, no. But I, I feel like it's maybe just. Like, I post shit. Like, I caught my first big swim bait fish. I was stoked for you, And dude. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I was, dude. Do you not I remember? I texted you. Yeah, I'm like, I'm tell pumped. me about it. Dude, I'm, I was pumped as fuck. Dude, Charles put me on that shit, dude. Uh, even Charles was like, we were like, I'm screaming. He's screaming. We're fucking happy. Like, and it's crazy because Charles was the first guy to take me swim bait fishing a year and a half ago. And he was the first guy to put me on a fucking swim bait fish. And a good one at that, you know. Yeah. I'm, so it was like it was a it was a crazy experience to have something like that. And yeah, I, I'm gonna post it because I fucking am happy. It, I don't think you could say it any better. It's about sharing the stoke. Yeah. Like if you're hating on somebody because they posted that they 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 posted their fish that they caught that they're proud of, I think that's more of like looking in the mirror and seeing like what's going on internally. Yeah, I you agree. Know? I agree 100. percent I love. I feel, I mean, if you look at my Instagram, this is going to be horrible to admit this, but like my <laughs> followers versus, you know, everybody's like, oh, you got to have more followers yeah. versus that. Yeah. No, mine's lopsided because I want to see what's going on. I want to yeah. see everything yeah. that's going on. Yeah. And I just try to follow as many people that seem like they're interesting fishermen to me, like people that either I look up to or I know that are out there every day grinding because they're going to have the most content for me to see and like feed this fishing addiction that I have. Yes. Yes. No, I agree a hundred percent, dude. It's fucking, uh, it's a cool outlook too. I just think that some of the saltiness needs to stop though. Like the community. Great message. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's I, love I, dude. I, 
Everyone has it. I mean, I, I get the same fucking way. I'm not going to say I'm not salty sometimes. <laughs> no, 100%. I'm not going to say that either. <laughs> but um, where can they catch you at? Where's your uh, your tags, like Instagram? And- uh, at West Coast Tuna on Instagram. Okay. And then uh, at West Coast Tuna on YouTube. Okay. And Facebook. Okay. Facebook stuff kind of really, I don't know. Facebook is kind of falling off the map. I need to keep up other <laughs> on it, but... What about TikTok? No, I'm just. <laughs> I do have a TikTok. I tried it, but it fucking did not work. Right? <laughs> I, I love it, dude. As like hey, a DJ, yeah, I yeah. I, for you, it's probably great because people are going, "Oh fuck!" I you can know, pair like... up my favorite songs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your, do you want people to know DJ Holly? Yeah, that's okay, cool. Yeah. I'm totally good with that. He's got a cool, cool DJ page too. Like where you get to see him doing some cool shit. H o w l y DJ Holly. There you go. And then, uh, so when this episode comes out, we're gonna do the release. You gotta listen to the episode. Uh, we're going to have rules that you got to uh, abide by, you know, like we'll, we'll release everything, but it's going to be a sick release. Uh, you get to hear about a little bit about both of us on this one. We both are anxiety guys. So if you know, the last couple episodes have been a little bit uh, in depth, more about people and fishing. Uh, I hope someone gets something out of it. I hope if you got anxiety, it helped you out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just go, Like if you got anxiety, let's go fishing. Yeah. And our message us, dude, we'll fucking tell you everything about it. We're old guys. <laughs> oh, that we didn't anxiety. talk about the new boat though. Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the Ranger. Bro. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, the, Cause you want to go out on it, right? Oh, of course I do. I, I fucking said, I like fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was with Shannon that night and I was like, I was like, dude. So that that's your first boat? No. So. Are we short on time? No, no, no. Okay. Go ahead. No, yeah. No. Uh, so, uh, let's see. We, me and my dad, we've, my dad's always owned power boats and stuff. So we did that. We had a pontoon boat. And then when I was younger and like, you know, jet boats, like stuff yeah. at the river, yeah, like yeah. I spent a lot of time in Havasu and then we, I, as I got into fishing and then I graduated, the problem was college was it for a while. Right. And I was trying to make a career, but I always fished during I always I was saltwater fishing in college yeah. and bass fishing, and uh, so we bought a bass boat. Uh, me and my dad went in on it together, and then we we're like, "Oh, uh, this is awesome!" And then, oh wait, oh, I totally screwed that up. No, we bought an ocean boat, a used ocean boat for like ten G's from Harry's Marine. Which shout out to Harry's Marine, they always take care of me. Um, it was really cool, but I felt like we were just always working on it. It was actually a really good used boat, and we were always working on it, but it. It, it got us from point A to point B. We caught yellowtail. We caught some yellowfin on it. It was really cool. So then we we kind of really started to get back into the bass fishing thing again. My dad's like, uh, should we get a bass boat? And I'm like, I'm down to sell the ocean boat. Because every time <laughs> me and my dad buy a boat, we go in on it together. It's yeah. not like he's just paying for yeah. the boat or I'm yeah. just paying for the boat. So, we get a, so yeah, so we sell the, the ocean boat. And then um, we buy a bass boat, do that. It's amazing. We're having a great time. We're traveling around. We're doing the bass fishing stuff. And then um, the yellowtail thing breaks out at the Coronados last year. They're catching like three to 400 yellowtail a day. Yeah. And I've got a bass boat. In my <laughs> the yellowtail fishing is at my heart and soul. It's what yeah, it, that's it's what it, ever since him. I did it five years ago. It's been my favorite thing okay. to do, period. Um, and I have a bass boat. So the only way for me to go fish this yellowtail is to jump on the Liberty, which I love fishing the Liberty. But a part of me, knowing that I used to do it on a private boat, of course, wants to do that again, too. Right. Yeah. Because to me, finding the fish, the journey of catching them, like all of that, that's it. When you catch that yellowtail that you've been chasing and looking for and reading all the, the changes and everything, there's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I just lose my mind. 
That's you feel another. like it's a lot of work, and you like you like putting that little bit of work. Oh, you wrapped the rods, you charted the yeah, course, you yeah, yeah. read the weather. You, I get it. You did all that, right? Yeah. So, so that was so the year came and passed, and then all the bluefin starts to show up locally. I'm like, Dad, I was like, we need a boat that we can fish and both on. And I was like, I'm good to sell the the bass boat. He's like, Yeah, I kind of miss the ocean fishing thing too. So we sell the bass boat, and then we go in on the the ranger together. So we Which have is a, a hybrid. Yeah, so it's the twenty two sixty, yeah, it's twenty two feet, and it's basically it's a center console, but it's got platforms like a bass boat. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, to me, it's like a, a hybrid. Yeah, like I would fish that either way. <laughs> My know? dad always says that, and I'm just like, I don't know, because when I when he says hybrid, I think of like a Prius. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could fish fresh or one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, which so, is a great boat. I think a lot of uh, Gary Reyes, I think has has one. Um, there's a lot of guys who have the Rangers yeah. in like the 22 foot, 23 yes, feet. Yes, I think um, Coastal Charters Florentino's got oh, a 25. Okay, Ranger. that thing's fucking sick, dude. I've fished on that thing. That's a yeah, nice me boat. Too. Well, that's the so real quick to jump back in with fishing. So last year was really cool because I spent the whole year. Fishing with the people that I've always looked up to. It was the first year I had the budget to go fishing with those people. Mm-hmm. So I got to go fishing with Dwayne. I got to go fishing with uh, uh, Salve. I got to go fishing with uh, Benny Florentino. Like mm-hmm. These are all people I wanted to go fishing with. So I got to go fishing. I wanted to go fishing with Billy Kay just to see his whole operation. Because yeah, he looks yeah. like he's just doing crazy things. Yeah, Just a little too out of my pocket for that one. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's an amazing fisherman. But yeah. I, Oh, I agree. Yeah. His pricing for me was a little too steep, <laughs> but he's great at what he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. I got to do all that last year and that's what culminated into me wanting to buy my own ocean boat again because I got out there, I did it. It like fed the bug a little bit and I'm like, all right, I need to be able to do this any night of the week, <laughs> you know? And that's what's and cool. now you can. Yeah. <laughs> that's totally it. And then I, yeah. And then fishing wise, I learned so much from Taro and the Liberty crew and stuff. Like a Nebel, he taught me how to throw surface irons. He's like he was cool, dude. He was the relief captain on the Liberty. Yeah, so wow. A Nebel's taught me tons about throwing jigs. And then once I met Tara when he had got the Liberty going, mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah, those guys <laughs> top notch. Uh, I get shout outs: Taro, uh, a Nebel, Ryan, Paul, Taylor, Anthony. Those guys. They're just if you haven't gotten to fish that, like they're they're on another level. Like I'll be at the the rail fishing a bait for like five or 10 minutes. Not the same bait, obviously, because yeah, you got to change yeah, your bait. Yeah, yeah. And Taro or one of the crew, Taylor, whoever, walks up to the freaking rail and they'll just toss it in. Almost as soon as it hits the water, it clicks and turns. I'm bit. I've been like fishing five, 10 they minutes in know, the same dude, spot. They just fucking know. Dude. There's some, it's really weird. <laughs> oh shit. But yeah, those are the, those are the kind of fishermen I try to like surround myself with because they just do it every day and they live it. And I would love to do that. Um, I'm now that I have the new boat, I have, visions of grandeur i want to like get my captain's license and that'd stuff. be cool that'd Maybe be fucking decent. super cool man not anytime recent but like years down the line i'd love to do like some guided tours not captain tours because yeah yeah but like some guided tours like if the yellowtail fishing's good i'll take some people out yellowtail no. fishing or, or go to the coronados but that's like years down the line yeah but of course dude i like I being on the fishing, ocean for yeah. me as i love doing it yeah well, fuck, man. I think, thank you again for coming on and doing this sick ass fucking giveaway. <laughs> These guys are going to fucking win a good one. Yeah, they um, are. <laughs> so, again, listen for the details. No, listen. Fucking look at the details <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, we'll post something for this episode. So, if you listen to this, go to the Instagram or the Facebook, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we'll post the details. Well, what you have so, to I do. think what we're going to do is 
they have to post a photo mm-hmm. and they have to tag West Coast Tuna and Cast and Crank in it. Okay, there you go. So that's what they got to do. So you got to post your favorite fishing photo? Favorite fishing okay. photo. Tag Cast and Crank in it. You enter to win. And uh, we can either do a random drawing or we can pick our favorite fishing we'll photo. Do, we'll do a random. Okay. I think that's the best. And then uh, most fair way. We'll probably meet up somewhere. It's got to be fucking local. Yes. Sorry. Local, you got to come get it. We're it's not shipping to, shit. It's a 10 to freaking yeah, jinx. So stick. you got to come to. We're going to meet probably in Buena Park somewhere. So yeah, we'll go from there. But uh, thanks again for coming on. Ken. I appreciate oh, man. it, man. Thanks for having me, dude. It's been, it's been really awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again for listening.